Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I am Dr. Jimmy Christman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 33 of Fed Talks. I'm Jimmy Chrisman, your host, and this week I have a fourth virtual PLC for you with three fantastic theater educators. I have Titus Quinn and Corinne Tayo, both from South Carolina, joining Stephen Barker from Maryland, all from various different levels of teaching theater. And uh, when they came together, it just really brought a great a great conversation about where we, can, where we are with our students right now during this online learning and how we can better continue to meet their needs. So I hope you get a lot out of the conversation and uh, thank you for listening. This is virtual PLC number four. I'm excited to welcome to our fourth virtual PLC, uh, three amazing teachers right now. And hopefully there will be a fourth joining us any moment now. Uh, But I have Titus Quinn, Stephen Barker and Corinne Tayo with me uh, today. So welcome all of you. And uh, let's just start with introducing yourselves and telling a little bit about yourself and your your program where you currently are. And then we'll we'll carry on from there. Um, I'm just going to go who I see first in my top grid up here. And that's Titus right next to me. So Titus, go for it. Awesome. I'm Titus Quinn. I teach in a middle school in Fort Mill, South Carolina, Banks Trail Middle School. This is my second year teaching. Um, I was previously on the podcast a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. Uh, And yeah, I'm excited still about teaching, but in a weird state right now. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that weird state in just a little bit. Um, Next on my screen is Stephen. Hi there. Uh, I am... I've been teaching theater for about 20 years, but I'm currently, um, I just left uh, K through 12 actually and moved to higher education. So I'm the lecturer of theater design and technology and hopefully the tenure track uh, version uh, come next year. Had that first round interview for that. But, um, and uh, yeah, but been teaching both as a classroom teacher and a teaching artist um, uh, for, yeah, the, probably the last 20 plus years. Awesome. Welcome. And Thank Corinne? You. Sorry, it blipped for when you said my name. name. Um, hi, I'm Corinne Tayo. I teach theater at Fort Dorchester High School. This is my fourth year teaching at that high school. And then prior to that, I was a teaching artist in Syracuse, New York. And uh, like Titus said, we're kind of in a weird spot right now. So love what I do, but very much feeling kind of off with this new change. I'm excited to have this conversation because we have people from all walks of theater education, uh, and um, I'm I'm thinking that that will probably bring about some really great dialogue and some different ideas from different perspectives. So hopefully, you'll walk away from the day uh, with, with some new ideas and and excited about uh, going to your classes online tomorrow. So um, for let's just deal with the elephant in the room and let's talk a little bit about that online learning and and where we are right now. I I For the last three of these I've done, I've always started with just checking in to see how you all are doing with that um, mentally and emotionally, and then we'll dig into the the nitty gritty of what we do with it. So just want to check in with each of you, see how you're doing. Titus? So last night I had the thought that this is the the longest stretch of time that I've not been with students um, since freshman year of college, which I was like, wow, this is weird. This is why I feel so distant. 
because like I've taught over the summer, I've taught with uh, summer camps um, and all of that stuff. And I'm like, this is why I feel so distant, but I'm making work. I'm doing things that I don't typically have time for. Um, so I'm enjoying it, but like also at the same time, it feels entirely weird that I'm not at a rehearsal or in a theater or in my classroom. So I'm making do. And I feel so distant from my students just reading their assignments. Oh, so weird. Uh, Steven, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, day by day. Um, we, McDaniel went to spring break on, uh, literally on Friday 13th. It was our Friday, last Friday. Um, and we were all like, take stuff for the next two weeks. And so, uh, my two courses this semester are puppetry and digital stagecraft. So it's all the electrical stagecraft stuff. Um, and so puppetry, we was like, I was so excited. We were going to come back and do marionettes. And then I realized, and I have everything bought, you know, we, we, we get the materials for the students. And I was like, I do not have time to just put those kits together. But the other frustration was what can, they don't have all the maker materials. So I had to move and shift real quick. And I literally Thursday night beforehand went out and bought two things of Play-Doh and like 20, 20, 40 vats of Play-Doh. And I was like, all right, here's two for everybody when we come back. Um, digital stagecraft, we just finished a projections project. So I was like, oh, we'll be fine. You know, we come back to lighting. And my panic attack Tuesday of spring break was, how do you teach stage lighting online when it's one of the most things that you have to have your hands on? Um, so, so I had a week before we had our first week um, and, uh, my check-in was honestly, I read a lot, you know, everyone's saying synchronous and asynchronous. And I realized, yeah, but this is not, we're not trying to move to online education. We're trying to make do with a, a, an international global crisis. So, um, you know, uh, so we did meet, uh, I have met both my classes once online and then gave them stuff to do. And um, one of my classes, my digital stagecraft class, which was like, can we meet? Because we, we only met two times a week, but they were like, can we just meet? And so everything that we've read and everything that was best practices and everything is out the window because I'm realizing it's about social emotional at this point. It's really about low stakes achievement. Like, hey, let me get the concept into your head. Um, you know, so that's where I'm at. Um, Otherwise, you know, I've, I've, there are days I just sit there and I go, okay, how am I going to do this? And we figure it out. Uh, one of the things I ended up doing coping wise was, uh, you, you know, this is called virtual PLC. I came from a really great uh, secondary school that had amazing PLCs, shout out to LC Bird High School. And, and it was a divide and conquer mentality. It was actually a true PLC where everything, like everyone took something and worked. So um, one of the things I did early on, once all of a sudden, you know, every, we all jumped onto these virtual Facebook groups and we were all there to support and we were all throwing our stuff at each other. I realized uh, for lighting, that needs to be a conversation. Like we need, people need to talk because when you're a lighting teacher, it's, there's so much that's hands-on, but yes, it's also visual. Like, do you see what the light is doing? And if you're not there having that demo, how do you do it? So um, one of my, I, it's actually, it's one of my copes as well is every Wednesday, like around two uh, Eastern time, I've been hosting a, just a, a zoom chat of like, all right, how are we going to take this thing we do 
and now do it online and thinking about students accommodations wise like I don't know what they have in their house. I don't even know what their technical requirements are. You know, I know they don't have a source for, I can't, they can't just, well, let's take your home source. They don't know what has that. So, you know, it's, it's starting to think really creatively um, to use a phrase stage lighting in the boondocks, which is a book James Hall Miller, I think wrote, like, how do you teach these really basic things? Um, so that's how I'm, how I'm doing. I'm now, now I'm just pacing myself and saying, okay, I've got X number of semesters or weeks to get through and, uh, here's what we're going to do. And, um, I'm lucky for lighting that a lot of stuff is now computer-based and digital and online. So then it's, you know, okay, let's open up the program and let me do what I was going to do in lab, which is guide you through step-by-step, -step. um, the difference is, is that now we have to have this intermediate communication. Mm. Um, puppetry moved them to stop motion animation. We'll see. Um, um, but I'm like giving you my gone with the wind saga. So I'm going <laughs> to pause for a moment and let Corinne talk and we can jump, jump back into the conversation. Corinne, how are you doing? Um, well, to be honest, the first week that we were off was a bit of a vacation in a way because at about the time that we went off I was running out of patience for the teenage angst so there was a part of me that was like oh okay this is a blessing a little bit of a blessing and then but this past week it's settled in and it's you know I see the students posting on Instagram and they're I'm realizing that like we've had it like I just had to cancel our end of the year thing big festival theater festival and I feel terrible and I know they feel terrible about it. And it reminded me of how much of a safe space those rehearsals were. And so I'm feeling, now I'm feeling guilty. Now the, the blessing is not a blessing anymore. Um, so I'm, I am definitely missing my kids. And then also in regards to getting the work out to them, I don't know that they're getting it. Um, I feel like I'm like putting it out into the universe and getting back maybe 5% of it, um, which is something. And just kind of, again, being patient and thinking, I know that their other teachers are overwhelming them because I see it. I see the other teachers post on Facebook or in our Microsoft Teams, they post about all the things that they're doing. And so I just keep reminding myself like, you know what, don't stress them out too much because they have their academic teachers are overwhelming them. So you kind of step back a little bit and, um, if they, if we return and they give me their work, then I will grade it. And if they don't, then we'll figure something out. And that, that's how I'm doing. Yeah. Have you, um, so several of the teachers I've talked to and then, and experiencing with my own children that, uh, are, are you all being given directives of, of what you're allowed to grade and not grade and what we're you're not allowed to, to grade anything yeah. right now. Yeah. That's, that's the all consensus. ours is just collected and not collected. That's it we can put a check that they did it and leave it blank if they haven't did it yeah and which we were in uh we were about to, so our sixth grade switches every nine weeks so we were in like literally the friday in which like we were we had a teacher work day that following monday we were supposed to get new sixth graders so we oh. were we didn't even know what we were supposed to do with those kids like are we supposed to continue so this week we got an answer that we're just going to keep the sixth graders we had for another nine weeks. So it's like, oh, well, I went through all of my content there, but now I'm, mm. you know, 
making it up as I go for the rest of them. Oh my goodness. And so you're like, what do I do now? <laughs> Cause right. you have your curriculum <laughs> figured out. You were ready to go. And then surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm glad to hear you're all doing okay. And, uh, you're, you're Corinne, I, I, th- I think whether some teachers want to admit it or not, they, they were probably in that same boat with that first bit of, this is frustrating, but you know, it's a little downtime. I'm going to take advantage of it too. So, um, and I yes, don't think there's anything wrong right with after that. production. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished uh, our show on Saturday and then Sunday they were like, we have two weeks off of school. And I was like, all right. And I was like a vacation. And then I'm on week two and I'm like, oh my goodness, can we go back now? Mm-hmm. We thankfully got to finish our big production for the year. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of schools don't. And so at least we had that, at least we got our big musical out of the way, but we usually crank out one more big project and not anymore. Hmm. Yeah, we, um, so as college, well, let everyone does multiples, but ours, we had two, we finished our student one acts. Um, and actually the week before spring break was this like nice down week. And we were starting to gear up for the next thing, which was going to be sense and sensibility. And the Thursday before we left, everyone's having meetings and we're like, yeah, we're going to cancel the show. Well, for us at the college level, show assignments are tied to grades. Like I have practicums, I have students who I had to go. So uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm still working with one student who, um, you know, she can't drop because, you know, in college, you have to have a certain number of credits to be full time. So she can't drop her class and just redo it. Um, so the, so we're, uh, we had to make, we had to look at all these options and, and, you know, um, for certain students and, you know, uh, our designer, our scenic designer, this was her capstone. So not just is it her grade, it's her final big senior project and her, it was to, to design it and it had to be a fully realized design but it's never gonna get built, right? So it, what what does a student lose when they don't get to see that process finalized for themselves? Um, now, luckily, I think we're gonna move that production to the fall. So the, and the students, a junior who is trying to get things done early, so they'll see it. But in, in the moment right now, you know, they're, they're losing that, that majesty of watching someone build something I put a line down on a paper for. So I, I feel for those, I feel for those students. And I know it's on the collegiate level, it's gotta be all across like where, you know, how, and on top of that for the scene, you know, we all are thinking about those seniors, high school seniors, college seniors. Um, you know, I have college seniors, our college seniors are like, okay, well, what do we do? Like, okay, well, we're going to finish out our classes, but then they're like, yeah, but what about the job market? I'm like, oh, well, ha um, So what do we, you don't know how to process that, right? I I remember um, I graduated from grad school in 2008, right in the economic crash. And I kind of got a sense of where things are, you know, and I've, some of I'm told it's going to be a little rough because the economy has to recover. So you may not be using that degree right off the bat. Um, But if you want to just, just, find what it means to, you know, we're theater people. We find what it means to survive and then we jump back into our art as soon as we're able. So the, those are the things that keep running through my head. Yeah. We, uh, we had to cancel the the last half of our semester uh, season 
Um, we had the Wolves that should have opened, I believe, this weekend. Um, and then 1984 uh, in a few weeks, and then the, the spring dance concert. And several, uh, I think the two designs... The two designers for the last two shows were MFA final year students, and that was their thesis projects. Um, so now our department's like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> How do we, we got to give them credit for the design. We've got to let them graduate because then it's a freaking lawsuit on our hands. <laughs> so what, what are we going to do? So I, I hear you, Stephen, and I, my heart goes out to all the teachers because over the last few weeks I've seen all those posts of my show's been postponed. No, my show's canceled. My kids' hearts are broken, and and I think uh, Corinne, I think you and 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 Stephen kind of talked a little bit about it. But we we we're that safe place for those kids, and we need to find a way to to give them that space, even though we're we're in a, in a digital way of doing that now. But um, we still need to find a way to do that because, like like you said, they're academic teachers. Not that we're not academic, but their their core teachers are. Um, are overloading them. They're, they're trying to continue business as usual. And this is not a business as usual time. And, and we need to remember that and remember their mental and emotional or social emotional health um, is utmost right now. So I appreciate all of you saying that. What are some of the ways you're doing that for your, for your students? And I know Steven, that's probably a little bit different for you, but maybe, maybe not. Uh, well, I also, besides working for the college and, and adapting, I also work for a teaching artist organization um, who's, I'm, I'm a, you know, I pick up one or two residencies, um, but I am a board member that's also trying to help a, an organization, arts integration organization, um, shout out to Story Tapestries, that is, all of its residency work is gone. We have teaching artists, right, that... They, they were connected to kids. Those final projects haven't materialized or those pro, those kids were looking forward to those projects because this was the week that uh, Story Tapestries was going to show up and the kids knew that. And so, you know, those supplemental things, which we say supplement but and complement, but really we're fulfilling a need, right? Those are, those are being lost. Um, so I think, you know, the first and foremost thing I'm trying to do is, is, I don't think normalcy is the right word, but provide um, pause and breath and, and you know, um, achievable things, right? I, low, I guess we call it low stakes. So I've been really focused on what's just low stakes and then being able to cheer them on. Um, you know, we repeated in a, for a puppetry class, we repeated... Um, uh, Joanna Smith's in her book, she has a really great puppet called Head, Hand, and Heart. I repeated that assignment and just said, okay, you know what? We did it, but let's do it again and tape it this time. And granted, I was seeing, okay, who has the technology? These are my subtle ways of saying who has technology, who has, you know, who's capable of, of following the directions, um, you know, and they submitted. And one of the things, as soon as all the submissions came in, I said, and if you don't like the grade, you can redo it. So there's that, right? You know, instead of, which I would have done anyway, but allowing them the ability to achieve on their own, um, in their own context. Because I think this is, you know, I, I keep thinking about public education in general. This is what 100, 120 years ago, we didn't have, we didn't have public ed. We didn't have the, this big system, right? Not everybody went to school, right? This is, we're, we're forgetting that part. So 
I'm wondering what I, I, I do a little side of looking what was life 100 years ago and how can we draw some parallels to explain to our students actually we're in a normal thing it's just this crisis normal thing but we're going to get through it uh, one of the things that I did and I borrowed it from a friend on Facebook um, he did it with his program um, so I constantly refer to my program as a family we talk about it like it's a family because that's what it feels like and so um, I have an Instagram account just for the program and I posted on there if you have um, just a message you would like to share with the family send it to me and I will share it. And within that day, I got about 15 messages from students saying like, please tell everybody else I miss them and I hope they're staying safe and we will get through this and all of that. And so just like on the hour sharing a new message um, was one of the things that I did. And I, so I will reach out through Instagram. I'll like post a fun daily challenge or something like you said, low stakes something on the more low stakes side, just to see that they are getting it. They're still out there. Um, and all they have to do is like it. Uh, and, and kind of keeping it at that as far as making sure that they're communicating. Yeah. So a lot of my communication has been through like Google classroom because we're a G suite uh, district, but I'm taking on this challenge to challenge myself like artistically and to challenge my students just to see if they'll participate. So stage partners sent me an email as an educator for this uh i think it's pretty cool um thing uh it's called stranded views from quarantine a monologue play um and it like it's free to perform it's free to use um and i got it on like friday and i sent it out yesterday morning i was like hey if you're interested in doing this this is an opportunity for you to perform while you're at home uh and it's just like 20 monologues and uh I posted to my cast that uh, we just finished a show because we spent every waking moment together, I feel like. Um, so I was like, this will give them something to do um, in a way that I can still see them perform and see them grow, uh, even though I'm not with them for until April 31st for right now. Um, so I thought this was a cool way. Also, like I gave those paper assignments because we had to do those, but also like on the Google side of things, I said, here's an alternate assignment. Uh, if you want to do this musical theater song and get feedback and do it again, uh, this will take the place of five of your assignments. Um, just, just so I can see their face, make sure they're doing well. Um, but I had to offer those opportunities for students who don't have the technology or um, maybe have lower tech and they, you know, pick, picked up the packet. Um, on our level, we can't just assume that everyone has technology. Um, we definitely have to offer that non-tech as well, which I thought was more challenging because I was like, well, they can watch their favorite TV show and write about their character. But then I'm like, well, if they don't have technology, then what do I do now? But I'm still trying to like keep that because I feel as my classroom is more like building on, on ensemble and working together. And I'm like, how do I do that online? It's so distant. Like I even feel distant. So I know that they feel distant, but also like I don't want to burden them with like more work than what is needed. So I'm like trying to balance that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, here's the first assignment. So we'll see what happens next. Um, and that's how I'm trying to just keep in the loop with them. They're always like asking questions on Google and um, adding private comments. I think the most thing that I miss is like the commentary because it 
you know, they're like, it's very blunt and to the point on the computer and you can't crack those jokes and you can't like, you know, pick on them online because it could be, you know, assumed to be something else. But I'm like, I really miss like, you know, cracking a joke with them when they come in or just seeing how their weekend was. I'm like, that's what I miss the most, I believe. Yeah. yeah so the relationship pieces. Trying. Yeah. The relationship is huge. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I, I appreciate what you said about that. You, you have to take into account the, the, the kids might not have the technology and even in an yeah. affluent district like yours, that that's still a concern. And, and Steven, I don't know if you've run into it or not with, with your college students, but I, I found that, uh, a thing that we had to keep in, in mind because they're not in the dorms that are equipped with wi-fi and there's not a computer lab down the hall if they don't own a tablet or a laptop and you know that the library is not available if they need to go type a paper and they don't have that technology so how are we doing that with them now so i appreciate you bringing that up because it is a thing we have to consider yeah that's i mean that was something actually the friday before we left um so it was midterm for puppetry and I told them all, they, I sent out a message the night before. I said, bring your laptop. So the very first thing we did, um, or if you bring your devices, like I, I said, okay. And uh, we're a Microsoft school. So we actually had Teams, which is what we were told to use first. Um, but Teams has a limitation. Uh, you can't see, but for people. Yep. Um, so, but we did practice the Skype and the, and the Teams with that class. And then... We um, and we went through the first class, and there there was the first limitation, right? I did have all twenty students, which was great, and um, we were doing. Uh, it was really fun. We, you know, I told them all we're gonna do is a check in. I'm gonna kind of give you here the here are the learning objectives we kind of have to achieve, and we'll do a little bit of puppeting. Not, and I literally thought that like they'd be done after thirty minutes. They were like, okay, because uh, everything I said said so everyone tunes out after five, and you have to do stuff to keep their attention. And we got to the end of the check-in and the, and like one of the class leaders goes, okay, so we're puppeting now. Right. And I was like, well, yeah. Okay. And so, you know, we're doing some basic drop the jaw motion with the, um, with the students, but I can't see everyone. Right. And so in class, we are in front of the mirrors. I'm walking around like Madam Gary. No, 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 fix that. And oh, keep your arm up. And I can't see all of that. So this, um, this time around, I am going to flip to the Skype plat or the Zoom platform. But, you know, these are the things that no one thought through for us. And so now we're all discovering and we're all sharing, which is great. But I do worry about my students. Um, I think the theater students, uh, you know, I met with my, my digital stagecraft class. Um, and I have to double, you know, we, are, we're already, we already had to have a computer for the class. Great. Well, now I've got issues with connectivity. Um, or they've, they've got, yes, they've got their school computer, um, but they don't live, you know, sometimes it's just having the space to work, right? One of my students literally has to hide. And it was funny. She sent me an email saying, please send me assignments, even if they're not real assignments so that I can show them to my parents and I can get away for another two hours. And I was like, well, that's like, I don't know how I feel about this. There's, where's the line? Um, so, I mean, I know, uh, you know, I'm, con everything I write, um, everything I'm recreating and I, I have to go, okay, what's my lowest common denominator? I'm really thankful 
that the stop motion app is free and there's a pro version, but I had to go back and say, oh wait, but is it free on both platforms? Like is it Android and or or is it PC? And then you go and read that the Windows version isn't the greatest. So you have to adapt for your students. Um, you know, I've been playing around and, oh, I got this really cool app and for storyboarding, but I realized they all can't have it. So I have to get back to doing a PowerPoint storyboard and say, okay, fill this in, hmm. you know? And then I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, and then they can scan it. No, wait, they don't have scanners. So we I think we take for granted um, what technology they have. The other side is we're, we were already struggling, I think, as teachers that they're not always the greatest at technology to begin with. Like those of us that grew up with it and I'm a techie, like I was like, I'll figure out how it works and I'll figure out every 20 ways, ways to do it. But I find my students sometimes struggle to find where the submit button is. So, you know, um, we just, we just, they just submitted videos Friday and all I, and I put in Blackboard, all right, do it this way or do it this way or do it that way. Whatever you do, don't email me. Well, seven of them have emailed me <laughs> files. So they, if they hit the, I can't figure this out. I'm just going to do the, the easiest way I know how great. I would have those problems anyway, but now I'm having them without being able to have, a, I can have a virtual office hour, but I can't have an office hour where I could, okay, open your, open it up. All right. What, what do you see? Do you see where that is? Yeah. Go click that. Okay. So there's that. That's uh, Titus. You were saying you missed the quips and you missed the, and the, their lives and their stories. I miss my office hour of being able to guide them through at the college level to that revelatory moment where they're like, oh, I could do this and I could do this on a really, a larger level. Um, so that's that's what I'm finding is the technology challenge is is big. And I think it speaks to the fact that we have an infrastructure problem, you know, let's just say it across the United States of accessibility. Um, you know, I, uh, I remember living in North Carolina, coastal North Carolina, I live close enough to a military base where I think, okay, we we were tied in, but I know driving 30 minutes out, you know, satellite based Wi-Fi, right? And um, I lived in another place, Culpeper, Virginia, where they were screaming about the lack of broadband access. So I'm thinking about those students now, you know, if those are my students now living in those places where mm -hmm. they live in these rural communities, they don't have access. Um, you know, that's that's something that bothers me and so now yeah i'm trying to figure out how to teach online but how can i teach online if they can't access what i'm teaching what are some other things that uh you, titus corinne Stephen, that you're you are finding you're struggling with and would like to bounce some ideas off of some other people um i'm trying to think of how to word it it's like right there uh, something that I struggled with this year, and I think why like my patience was wearing thin, is just um, basic like respect and compassion for others is I feel like a dying art, especially with these teenagers. And, but we know that that's, I mean, you don't have a rehearsal room without respect. You don't have ensemble without respect. And so I'm curious about because I always try and like widen the lens and look at it as a bigger societal issue, which helps me to not feel like it's just in my little neck of the woods. But I wonder 
sort of what is what is impacting and what is encouraging them to be so cruel to each other sometimes and how we can change that culture without being like stern, but in a, in a motivating way that they want to, you know, mm. and that when they're not, when we're like, Hey, stop being so cruel that it's not a gotcha. And they're like, Oh, I'm in trouble, but more of a, like a redirection. I would love to have this conversation because I I just finished directing Guys and Dolls at ISU, um, and I ran into that even with my college seniors um, in the show. So I would love to hear because we've got all the way from middle school all the way up. So let let let's go for it, Titus. You look here itching to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like seventy five percent of my job just to get them to be nice creatures <laughs> to each other. Um, and I think being real with them and not like sugarcoating it is like my biggest thing. It might be an age thing. I just give it to them straight. I'm like, could you not? Like, if I told you that, would you be okay with it? Um, but in class, it's a lot different than like the rehearsal setting. Uh, in class, it's more like, hey, like at my age, they're school, they're still a little scared of their parents. So I'm like, do you really want me to email your mom about that? Um, do, do you want me to type out exactly what you said? Because I don't think she would like that because I will do it word for word. Um, and then they recorrect themselves. Um, so I kind of more real with them, nor like I got you type setting. But in rehearsal this year, totally different than I was last year. I was hard from the start. I was like, this is, you know, I don't get paid extra to do this. I don't like this is kind of like a volunteer thing. This is an opportunity for you to, you know, create something and we're going to be respectful. And if you can't do it, then there's the door. Um, and that was, I put it in writing right from the start. And as I know, I only had one problem and with middle schoolers, that's good. And it was a very <laughs> early on. It was about casting. <laughs> um, so uh, it's, always I had a casting. it's always about casting. Yes. Yes, always. Um, so it was very early on and I nipped it in the butt. And I said, if I hear anything about this again, you're out of the show and then it's done. Um, and I think me like relating it back to them because I was in a show at the same time, um, relating it back is like, I don't do this at rehearsal, like making it like more of a real life situation rather than like, I'm your teacher and I got you. And now I will have to email your mom. Um, making it more like, hey, I wouldn't do it. Why would you do it? Um, really helped me with my rehearsal process in class. I still have those people who don't want to be there and nothing ever gets into their head. Um, but I do try to get them to be like, Hey, you know, just be nice, just exist. And if you don't want to do it, then that's okay. But you don't have to take away the fun out of the, the people who are actually trying. Corinne, you said that you, you, a lot of your problem comes from the casting or is that what I, is that what I heard? Yeah, I mean, it usually starts there. It's the, I get the, oh, well, they only got that because they're her favorite, um, you know, that that lovely chestnut favoritism. Um, but I also think, like, I've been very curious lately about, like, this cancel culture that is currently happening, how quickly they are to just, like, cancel, you know, as soon as you, you're not allowed error in this world anymore. You're not allowed a mistake or to apologize. It's as soon as you mess up saying something or doing something, then you are canceled, um, unsubscribed, all of that. And then they, and it happens on the, 
it happens with the influencers that they look up to. And then it, so then it comes into the rehearsal room. It comes into the classroom. Um, I've had students come to me like this person is talking trash. They need to get out of the rehearsal room. I'm like, well, oh, hold on a second. That's, that's a big move. You know, you're not giving that student an opportunity to learn from their mistake. I'm going, I'm going to address it, of course, but we can't just cancel. And then also too, well, when you make a mistake, do we cancel you? Um, when I don't cast you, do you cancel me? Do you now hate theater and you completely disregard everything that it's done for you for the past couple of months, years, whatever it may be? And it's it's really fascinating to see how quickly they will jump ship on a person, on the program, on whatever. Tyus, are you seeing much of that? Yeah. That is very true. Um, so I, I do feel like it's, it comes a lot of from media, like in general, because like you find one bad thing about someone and everybody runs with it and they cancel them. And then like two weeks later, they're talking about the person again, literally has happened in my class. <laughs> They'll talk about an influencer and then like a scandal will come out about them and like they all hate him. And then the next, the next two weeks later, they're all about him again. And we're in his apparel and all of that. Uh, and I'm like, you just, you said, oh, I'm never going to talk. I'm never going to, you know, buy anything from this person again, but you're, you're doing it. <laughs> so I just laugh at them and be like, do you know what you just said? Like, maybe you should watch your words a little bit. Like, know, know what you're saying before you say it. Um, even though they're a new person every day. And I put that on everything <laughs> in middle school. <laughs> but uh, that, yes, it is definitely from the media uh, perspective and not just like influencers but also like their friends they do it to their friends like oh she said something about me I'm never talking to her again blah 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 and they'll just go in on their friend and I'm like yesterday you sat side by side <laughs> mm. uh, I don't know I guess it's it's I it's different I think at the college level because um so i teach at a liberal arts school um it's a ba program um they we encourage dual degrees and double majors and so the, the few students that we have um are there to be to start learning from us to be professionals so there is that mindset um my puppetry class is actually a large number of freshmen who needed their creative expression credit and it was really strange because I realized uh, about a third of the way through after I got a, a feedback, uh, a round of feedback, that they took it because they're all introverts. So they're they're like, I'm puppeting because I never want to perform, but this is really fun and I like to craft. Um, and, and it's become <laughs> really interesting that we're this, we're actually a very tight, polite group. Um, we have students of various um needs that we are all kind enough to adapt to and 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 so you know so far i haven't because we're only meeting now once a week i'm not you know i'm not seeing anything but i also made it really clear um i took the very first part of my online session to reestablish the norms um and i've always had just five no matter how many you make they always boil down to five you know have fun and be safe respect everybody listen try everything and just be nice right um the old you know the old quote is my dear i 
in this world. You can be oh so smart and oh so pleasant. I've tried smart, may I recommend pleasant. Um, uh, so I'm not, at the college level, I think the drive is to be professional. I mean, we still have them, That the thing is, that's what they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out how to not be offensive. Or, and their council culture comes from now they have the expectation of being an adult and they've been taught to put on their Karen wigs when they don't like something um, and complain. And, you know, hopefully um, I think my college does a really great job of this, of saying, well, go talk to the professor, right? Go back, have a professional conversation, figure out where the tone went wrong, figure out what content you didn't hear, figure out the context of the conversation. Um, so we're now trying, I feel like at that level, um, and Jimmy, I don't know how you're seeing it, but we're just trying to redirect them saying, okay, all that unprofessionalism that the parents brought to the classroom and they came to talk to your teacher or that you've learned and now you're trying to bring forward that doesn't that doesn't fly because you're not going to get hired or you're not going to keep able to keep a job and um you know but luckily i have i have to say i have amazing students um who listen really well um and 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 my colleagues are great too and we work really hard to remind professionalism and and again to teach, look, when someone makes a mistake, don't forget all the good they have done, right? And and you can't just say, oh, they, they didn't turn in this one thing. They must be a horrible person. No. What was going through their day? What was, you know, what, what's, what's, you know, everyone dealing with stuff you don't know. So you go back and say, hey, let me give you a chance. If you miss 20 chances, right? If we keep giving you a chance and you don't, then we know that you're not really going to follow through. Um, so I, I will be interested interested to see how the norms maintain for the rest of our semester, um, but uh, you know I've I've I reestablished them and and so far they've been quite pleasant. Um, I think that's the saddest thing for me is part of the puppetry class I teach, um, and actually the digital stagecraft class. There are projects where they have to do things together. Like we were supposed to be doing the epic puppet film, a la like Dark Crystal, um, that they don't get to do that big group project anymore. Now it's all individualized projects. Well, part of that class was designed to have this group of fresh, mostly freshmen, interact and learn how to be colleagues. And so now that's what I'm, that's one of the things I'm worried about is when, when theater is not being taught face to face in the classroom what other class was teaching collaboration and cooperation? So I, you know, hopefully this is only going to last through the fall, but what, what's being lost because we're not there to teach the one thing that is us, which is collaboration. I think it's cool. Uh, it's kind of off topic, but not really that you teach the same like concept kind of like a theater uh, puppetry group project. And I do that on like a middle school level, but I do it with like paper bag puppets and they have to write this script together and perform it together. That's a cool like concept that it, you know, translates all the way to college. I didn't take a puppetry class in college, but that's cool that that's kind of like the, the same concept. And I'll take that back when I get back in the classroom and be like, hey, you're doing something that college people are doing. <laughs> I just thought that was a cool like connect. I don't know about Corinne, but when I when I taught high school, I I did a puppetry unit with. I mean, we did 
fabulous sock puppets and they wrote a piece and it was all about use of voice and that's how I really worked with their voice uh, the voice unit with them um, so it's, it's fun to see the common threads but it sounds like in going back to Corinne's original um, point she brought up is that we, we have the common thread of we need to be real with them and that this is what you heard this is not okay how are we going to get along with each other how are we going to how are we how can we disagree and still be an ensemble um and i don't know corinne i i the one way i dealt with um my students having all the issues in the world with uh, the casting decision one year it had been building for honestly a couple of years and that final year they were just evil to each other when the cash list went up. Like, I mean, it wasn't just one or two people. It was like the entire 35 kids I cast were just evil to each other. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at my t-shirt quilt right now and I see the year that it happened right in front of me. Um, and I canceled the show. Wow. I said, we're not doing this. This is not who we are as a department and we will not do this. And even on their, their drama club shirts for that year, I always put the, the shows that we did for the year. Um, I put a big canceled, red canceled across the title of the show. Um, <laughs> and they learned their lesson really fast. And it, it was really funny watching the years after that and the stories that they told the underclassmen, don't do that. We get along in this department. We're not jerks <laughs> to each other. Mr. Chrisman will shut the show down. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be using that story. I'm gonna borrow that one. I did. I, I straight up put a big red canceled stamp over the shirt on the back of <laughs> the back of the shirt on that show. So I didn't have any problems after that, though. I mean, I was like, we're, "This is not who we are as artists. We're not doing this." And they they got the. I point. know. Last year we had an issue as a school with um, with morale in the faculty, actually it was becoming an issue that you would, you didn't even want to go in the hallway or into a teacher workroom because somebody was complaining. And, um, and I mean, that happens, we all get burnt out, but it would just got to be particularly annoying. And we came back this year and the admin were the very first to say like, we acknowledge we were the ones who were just as guilty of the low morale. And, and so it's going to trickle down. And so we have this new idea coming in. We have this new thing we're trying. And one of the things that they said that I really liked was the, we don't do this here. You know, if you walk Mm. into a workroom and you hear complaining, we don't do that here. And I thought how wonderful of a world it would be if, you know, because you get these, sometimes they, these middle schoolers come in from their, because unfortunately um, we've now gotten to a point that only one of the middle schools that feeds me has a theater class anymore. Mm. It's, uh, it's so frustrating and so annoying. And thankfully I have a great relationship with the chorus teacher at another one of the middle schools. So she kind of helps me out, but it's still tricky. And so they come in with this limited knowledge of theater and they know what they know because of what they see on television, what they see on media, um, on TikTok, on you know the <laughs> high school musical, the musical, the series, blah, 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 all that. And so I thought how wonderful it would be that you have this kid come in and they think that this is how you behave because it's what they've seen. And then to have upperclassmen turn to them and say, oh no, we don't, we don't do that here. We don't, we don't do the favoritism thing. We don't, we don't talk about our fellow castmates. Like we don't do that here. Um, that's sort of the general direction I'm trying to push us is that it's not just me giving the messages, but I also have a really great leadership team of student leaders. And 
holding them accountable to maintaining that image and saying, hey, you can't say it and then not do it, but also help me out by saying it. I do use those platforms that you said, all of them, to sh show them that that is performing and that is acting. Um, at the middle school level, I do use all of those platforms. I'm like, you know what? You just performed on TikTok. Now let's use it in the classroom, that same energy. It may be <laughs> behind a screen, but now you're going to do it in front of people. Um, and the TikTok references never stopped in my classroom, but <laughs> that's how we engage them. What else? Are there any other things that you'd like to talk about? I guess I'm I'm really interested in the ripple like it's going to have to us come fall, right? Um, this is, I mean, law, I don't know when your school systems do registration. You know, we, we have two sides of it at the college level. We have recruitment for the folks coming in. And it's always, it's a little trickier at an, a BA program because we're just trying to get students to come and then find theater sometimes. And also getting them to sign up for next fall's classes, right? Where again, if I've only got so many majors, you know, and I teach stagecraft every fall. So now I've got to find a whole new set of freshmen in the fall to uh, take, take that class. Um, so I know I'm, that's something I'm sweating because these students have to register for classes and they don't get to meet me and they don't get to meet my colleagues. Um, they don't get to come and talk to us about it, but having been a high school teacher for off and on, you know, 15 of the 20 years, I, I hear it from my colleagues who, you know, or their registrations just closed right beforehand, but the number, they don't know their numbers and they don't know if they're getting crunched. Um, I have a colleague who just took one colleague got already de-staffed and he was about to get jumped to a new job in the same district and they, they slammed it. They shut it on him saying, Oh no, we're not gonna do anything now. So hiring's in a hiring's in a pause. Right. And, um, so hiring's in a pause and another colleague, her numbers are down, but now that they're closed, she can't do anything to get her numbers up. Can't do anything to talk to the administration where where they left and then um i mentioned earlier i'm i was in the middle of a tenure uh, application right so i don't know where my search is at and so i actually i really think about the ripples this is going to have on the field because we've already worked so hard to to, to justify we we're worth we're there we should be there and on top of it you know who what's the first class cut you know oh we we don't we can we can do that through here so um there's some ripples that i don't even think we've really thought through and then it's going to make our job market harder in the fall because all of a sudden you know a whole mess of us don't have that position don't have a multiplicity to go to teach just english for the year or what have you and then the field our field is going to get jumbled and I think no one understands how our field of theater education is affected by the job market um, as it's not like anyone else's market right you need seven or eight English teachers you need you always need math teachers but they don't understand you know and what's going to happen with are we going to matriculate everyone up are we going to repeat years I mean we're technically through about two-thirds of the year you know, what are, so I think there's a lot of ripples that we're going to get crunched on. And uh, what do we do? 
how are we how are we how are we as a field going to recover um about it i have four student teachers who i am very nervous about in their job hunt right now um because they are four phenomenal young teachers and should be shoe-ins for any job that opens but they don't even know when postings are going to start hitting now um and and I mean, luckily they filmed all their TPA stuff. They're still working with the cooperating teacher with online learning, but they're like, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> I, I don't. And that's the best answer I have right now. And that, that sucks. Yeah. Being, being that I'm just two years in, I still have friends who are going through it. I'm like, uh, what are y'all doing? Like I have those questions. I'm like, you know, you just submitted Ed TPA, but you know, nobody's at work. So you know, how are you finishing out? Um, I actually had a friend who was with the other theater teacher at my school interning and now we're on e-learning and like, I'm like, I guess you're kind of done. I mean, you can do the assignments, you know, you can look at them, but I mean, what are you really gaining out of that experience? I mean, a, an alternate way of teaching? I mean, not, not really. Um, and I just was like, I, I know for myself, I gained so much from my, like, experience of being in the classroom so it kind of saddens me that they're missing that that they're gonna have to learn that year one um and just the rapport with students i know they were you know in there for a couple months but like once you get in like the teachers like takes their step back it's a totally different world of like and you can learn so much of like about yourself about teaching what you really enjoy what you need to work on um and just for the interview process like they have what um, two months to talk about they don't have those you know the full time of like that those breakthrough moments or working with students who um maybe have learning disabilities and things like that that's like i'm like what are they what are they going to base their like talking points off of and those are like i'm like oh well that's kind of that kind of sucks and unless they're you know they switch it around and be like well i have my intern teacher pull out lesson plans for e-learning in two days and then we might i mean they could switch it in a way where it could sound good but like it's not that active online i'm mean, in person like connections and like those fun stories that i always told in my interviews i'm like in this moment where something went completely wrong and like those are the fun moments that you know it's to me made it me relate to the people in the room. It was like, oh yeah, we've been there. We've done that. Cause being real and authentic in my interviews was I think the best thing for me because I'm like, then I get a vibe for them as well. Cause if they're like, oh no, I never did that. Then that's not somewhere that I want to be. Um, so I feel like that is a part that's going to be missing, but also like, as he was saying, um, how it's going to trickle down, like all the way to Broadway, they're dark right now. And then like, just that exposure, those new works that might've been coming out there, everything's put on halt. And so it's like, what is, what will come next? Like what, you know, yeah, we hope to every lights and all ever gonna come back on, but like, that is like an unknown into the unknown as a famous <laughs> movie would like to say. Mm -hmm. Corinne, do you have any, any, any worries or fears about any of that, the trickle down? Um, not so much worries. I'm more thinking of like my hopes for it. I'm hoping that, mm. um, you know, one of the things that has been fun to wrestle with prior to this whole thing is that in an age where technology is so high 
And it's very easy to disconnect emotionally and um, interpersonally. I've been wrestling with trying to get them to put the phones down and to be in the space with your team, with your ensemble. The most important person on stage is the person across from you. And so I'm hopeful that because we're sort of stuck in our homes and we're missing everybody, that when we get out, when we eventually get out, that'll be an easier concept that there's that sort of hunger for connection mm. that I don't need to wrestle with it too much. Um, and I'm also excited because I feel like now moving forward, I always keep in the back of my head a plan B, a plan C, and students come to me so excited. Can we do this thing? Can we do that? And it's okay. Yes. But what's your plan? How is this going to play out? And so I think that Part of this is there will be a better understanding that sometimes things don't work out. And what is your backup plan if they don't? We, we saw it in the spring. So before you go about making 50 plans, let's, let's be more wise about what we can accomplish because if, if it can't happen, you know, we don't want it to be so devastating. Like I said, we had to cancel our final project. We were going to go to competition, not doing that anymore. We were going to take kids to New York City, not doing that anymore. Um, so what are those backup plans? What, and then also bringing it down to like, what really is important at the end of the day, you know, having these fun little group events that we do, that's great. But what's, what's really important? Um, I, I hope I'm hopeful for that. I do think we can use it when we get back in the classroom as a teaching point of like, yeah, your partner's not here today. What are you going to do? You know? Um, oh, wait, you got to improv this, you know, mm. guess what? We did that. We did that in two days. We came up with something for you to do. Um, I think it's going to, in my classroom, at least, is going to, you know, bring them back together in a way of like, we miss you and the energy is going to be off the charts when we go back. Um, but bringing them back to a point of like, you know, you missed us for two months uh, or longer, however long we go. Um, but now let's let's find that value and see how we are so much alike. Uh, we might have our differences, but finding how how we can work together and how the comment, how much we have in common that we don't know about. Well, before before we wrap up, I have asked the last few uh, PLCs, and I've really enjoyed asking it and in the responses from everyone in the in the different groups. Um, what is your favorite lesson or project to teach your kids that you can share with us? Because we've, we've even seen so far today that like some projects like trickle down through all the different grade levels and, and just how we approach them. So I'd love to hear some of your favorite things to teach. So just being two years in, um, something that's became like a staple of my sixth grade class is musical theater. Um, and I kind of do the same routine, the same thing, but it's always totally different with them. Um, so I do like this musical theater. I just incorporate dance and what musical theater is and throw all kind of musical theater um, aspects out there to them and like basic steps of dance and such. Uh, but like um, I do like this little mermaid routine and how like they have to incorporate these animals and uh, swimming and how we would manipulate that through musical theater. Um, and so it was such a cool experience and probably why I would say this is my favorite. I was uh, with one of my uh, coworkers. We were uh, taking donations from our school with students to um, a children's home in Charlotte. 
And the, they started singing the song Under the Sea and they started doing the dance in the back of the car. And I lost it because they were a great order. And I was like, whoa, you still remember that. I had you quarter one of your sixth grade year. Um, and it was just like, oh, it became like a staple and kind of like something that, you know, that everybody goes through and they all kind of know it. And then like, they might gripe about it, but at the end of the day, they kind of like it at the same point. It's just a, a different structure to what I do. Um, and it's just a way of like breaking those boundaries of like, hey, boys can dance too. And hey, this is, you may have never done this before, but we're all going to try it together. Um, it's such a cool like concept because sometimes I'm like, this kid's really going to hate it. But by the end, like they're doing it full out. Um, and it's just like, like growth in five days. Um, and it's probably one of the most successful lessons that I've constructed, I believe. I like lighting, <laughs> everything lighting I do. Um, um, so, and it's it's kind of fun, like right now, um, honestly, the first moment you get them to put a portable system together, and it seems so silly, right? Like, you know, you get a little controller, you get a little DMX box, you get a, an extension cord, and you get two or three lights. And what I love about it is, you know, there's a concept behind it that that putting together a small version means that they can fathom the large version, right? The first time you get a slider to control a light, there's a power to that. And I'm, you know, I teach it now to a smaller group of students who probably have already done something similar to it, but I always love it when it's, they do it and they, they're graded for it. And like, and they, and, and we go through it, you know, here's all the safety, here's the order, here's how we do it. And then they take it apart. And then a few days later, you say, okay, put it together. And you just watch them click into it. And they're like, and then they finish. And you could say, great, you now can get hired to do that. And they're just eyes light up. They're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I make a good 20 bucks an hour showing up, putting on some leather gloves, and just, like, coiling cable and putting this stuff together. And I think that excitement is always um, interesting. So I'm challenged, right? I, I can't do that right now so um i sat you know part of that working with other teachers last meeting we had um we wrote out a, a step-by-step of how to do it with triscuit boxes egg cartons tin cans and yarn and you know what it's it's great i'm like this is first off i'm sure like for a middle schooler like for at that level when you don't want them to touch electricity this is going to be an awesome thing but <laughs> it's also recycling materials it's it's making them expand beyond the thought of it and um so i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to taking my triscuit boxes and turning them into demorax and um still teaching my students how to put together a system and you know then saying great when you have the real equipment and you go out and do this you've got a skill now you can make money at um and that's that's what i'm waiting for i'm still waiting that i'm still waiting for that moment i think i can get it this is my goal i will let you all know if it happens that while i'm doing it over a zoom conference where i was like okay now take your triscuit box and and connect it to your tin can (laughs) that when we finish and i say okay now look at it i'm going to see them all go and that's what i want i want the aha I'm hoping to get the aha and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Blake Miner, a uh, theater teacher in Texas. Um, he, he does a similar thing with his students. He, he has like a small like DJ 
type lighting system that he's got um, a couple hundred bucks and he just puts all the parts in the room and says turn these lights on and they're like well how do you do it and he's like i don't know how do you do it and they jump in and they figure it out and then they read the directions and what each thing is and you know and and then by the end of it they're like oh we can do that let's go uh so that's that's fun uh Corinne, I want to hear yours in just one quick second, but but while we're with Stephen, Stephen, what is the 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 Facebook group that you facilitate that I think is fantastic? Um, uh, strangely, um, I'm in two. One is the teaching theater COVID nineteen online, um, and the other one was theater teachers resource collective, um, theater education distance learning, research sharing, and support network. Um, and I, I was on them early because we got told to do this early. And then one, I was actually made an administrator of because they reached out and said, wow, you're like, would you mind? I was like, all right, sure. Um, I've kind of always been in a position of being involved in our state organization. So always happy to lead. And I think people took off because I was like, I've, I did something where I say like, okay, guys, we got this. You know, it's like the drama talk for drama teachers. It was kind of weird. Um, and and I think that's what we all need, right? We all need we all need someone to go, wait, wait, wait. like it's it's Tuesday night of tech and everything's gone to hell. And and I felt the vibe online from all of us. I'm like, whoa, guys, wait a minute. I think it was the first thing I wrote. We are the survivors, right? We are a theater, we are the survivors. Um, you know, uh they the TCG has an article about what happened with the pandemic in 1918 and how it shut everything down. We survived. We have survived every plague. We've survived every faith, every religion, every empire. We've survived. So I think um, those two groups um, and on, I put on both groups. Uh, it's every Wednesday at two. Um, if you want to join in, we're just talking about, all right, how do we do this? And we only cover two or three lessons, but really two or three lessons is all you need for the week. Mm -hmm. um, so by all means, come and Zoom with us and, and share. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's going to be our secret. You know, that that is ours. We are the collaborators. We we got to it. I would love to know what my you know English teachers and math teachers and, and all those folks are doing. But I found community. I found community in my community because we can't touch each other in our community, so we have to reach out other ways. Yeah, Corinne, what about you? Uh, my favorite thing to teach would be scene work, um, whether it's Shakespeare, George Bernard Shaw, something modern. I love watching them go from sort of a product-based mindset into the playful, experimenting, process-based mindset. Um, working with them and helping them to analyze the work and find the fun little nuggets of text. So the play doesn't come so much like, oh, I got to like read this for homework, but more of, ooh, like I want to know what happens next. Can we talk about what happens next? And, and appreciating all those little lines and um, the character relationships, but then how that translates on stage to, um, you know, instead of just two actors standing in the space awkwardly waiting for me to tell them what to do, working with them on creating the environment and creating that moment before and working instead off of working instead with impulse and, and with using what their scene partner is giving them and letting go of any preconceived ideas that don't make sense. 
frankly. One of my dear, dear friends, she said this once um, when she was guest teaching with my students and I loved it. She said, we are our best actors. We are our best when we are in the shower because when I'm in the shower running my lines, my scene partner is giving me the best choices, you know, cause they're in my head. But then when I get with my actual scene partner, I can't be upset that they're not making those same choices I made when I was running my lines in the shower. They're giving me what makes sense in the moment. So being open to that and watching, watching them let go of their anxieties and being more grounded in their choices is like my favorite thing because then it gets to that magical day of rehearsal where they come up with stuff and you're like, wow, where did that, I wouldn't have even thought of that. That's such a fun idea. And so that's my favorite is watching that like light bulb happen. Which I think is what we're all looking for. And we may have a curveball thrown at us right now, but it's still our jobs as teachers to have those moments. So I want to thank the three of you for joining me today and for all your ideas and, and inspirational words that teachers need to hear right now. So thank you for what you're doing with your kids. I know they're grateful to you, whether they'll tell you or not. And uh, just just keep doing great things with your students. So thank you so much for joining me today, Titus, Steven, and Corinne. And uh, just keep doing great things. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, and thank you to my three teachers who joined me on the PLC. If you'd like to be on one of the PLCs coming up, please go to the website, www.fedtalks.com, and click on the virtual PLCs link. And there's a big, giant red sign up now button on, on the page down there. Just click that, and it'll take you right to a sign up genius where you can sign up for one of the upcoming PLCs. Um, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have you on the show. Uh, so please, uh, go on and sign up. If you uh, are new to Fed Talks and uh, are looking to how, how you can find where the rest of the, the Fed Talks podcast episodes are, please, the website is a great place to start, but you can also find us on all of your favorite podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, and TuneIn. And of course, the website where you have all the past archives of all the shows and uh, all the individual teacher pages that appear on the show with their recommended resources. So go on any, go on the website. You can listen to us from there or subscribe on any of your podcast providers. Go ahead and subscribe, rate and review the show. And most importantly, share what we're doing here with us, theater education teachers and students in your life. If you want to reach out to me and be a guest on the show, fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com is how you find me, and uh, I will respond to you as quickly as I possibly can. You can also find us on all your favorite social media, on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com, on Facebook at Fed Talks, Instagram at Fed Talks Podcast, and of course the website one more time is www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, for the use of your original music, Magnetize and Flip the Record. And teachers, thank you. This is a crazy time. I've said that for the past few PLCs and episodes, but we are in a, a, a weird time right now. And uh, your kids need you. You need them. And uh, I hope Fed Talks is just bringing you a little bit of light in your day and a little bit, a little place where you can find some kind of community with those people who are experiencing the same things that you are. So keep being a light for those kids and keep being just the amazing humans and educators that you are. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.